We'll get into the nuts and bolts of the case in a moment. Uh, what I want to start with, though, is the whole thing about jury selection. Is this, your, by the uh-huh. way, your first time being on a jury? Yeah, Tim. So I'm 22 years old. Right. So first time being called for jury duty, really mm-hmm. just no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. So you walk in and there's just like tons and tons of people. I mean, I expected there to be maybe 30 people. No, it's more like 200 people. Mm-hmm. And I live in a very small town. In this a very is in small Jackson County, County yeah. we're talking about here. Yeah. Yep. Well, so you're 22. By the way, I'm 60. Uh, I get called every couple of years. uh, Never chosen. In my life. Never. They find out who I am, what I do, and they cut me loose. One time I was an alternate Uh in in a magistrate trial, some dopey assault case. And it's kind of a funny story that maybe at some point I'll tell. But but that's the only time I ever served. It was worst case because you're the alternate. You don't even get the fun part. Guilty! No, I didn't get to do that. They let you leave before they even do any deliberation. I had to. Yeah, 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 get out of here. So, But in your case, this is a much more serious murder trial. And again, Mm -hmm. we'll get to the specifics of this. But, uh, but, okay, go through the voir dire and you're chosen. You're on a jury. And how long does this trial last? You're about a week, right? It was a week for me, but I mean, it could go as long as it takes as far as the deliberation goes. Mm-hmm. I thought that the actual, like, presenting the evidence, presenting the case would take a little bit longer, but they actually wrapped that up three days, which was surprising to me. Mm-hmm. And then we were kind of released to do the deliberation part, and that just takes as long as it takes. And how long did it take in this case? A single day for a us. A single day. So a full day of, of deliberating? Not even not even no. a full day. They gave their closing statements in the morning, and then we deliberated for a few hours and had the verdict, and then we spent the rest of the day waiting for them to get all the, the small stuff done so they could present the verdict. And again, this is Jackson County, Haley Bartoletta, or Haley Bartoletta, on this jury. Let, let me quickly just differentiate here, because I know people are thinking we had a murder trial of some note uh, in Athens last week. Uh, it was a, 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 in some respects, similar in that a woman was, was mm-hmm. the, the accused in the case. Uh, this isn't that one. Uh, Deborah Gonzalez, the DA in <laughs> Athens, prominently prosecuted unsuccessfully. That case is a completely different case, and at some point maybe we get into that one. But this one goes back to, what, 2019, I believe it is. A woman by the name of Karen Wisnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, is charged with aggravated assault and murder. Uh, Michael Wisnett, Mr. Wisnett, they're both what, 40, 41 years old. Uh, he was shot in the chest and, and expired. Uh, she is arrested and charged. Now, she claims, and I just want to get into the nuts and bolts of this now, she claims self-defense. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what you folks had to listen in a couple, three days of arguments and decide, and we'll get to how you ultimately decided this. But why I wanted to do this in the first place. Because you and I were talking about it just mm-hmm. the other day in your office. You're stepping me through the whole thing. and saying, you know what? I know lawyers, know a lot of lawyers. And one of the things they all tell me, criminal defense lawyers, trial lawyers, prosecutors, they love to hear from jury members. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide the way you decided? What in that case moved the needle? And and that lawyers, that's that's gold to lawyers. And so I said, okay, uh, let's let's let the lawyers get some benefit of this, and and listeners too. So all right, the nuts and bolts of the case. She claims in, in she claims an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. and just finally comes to a head and did what she had to do. That's what she claims. Mm-hmm. Uh, step us through the arguments, basically. So going off what you just said, Tim, I think this is important. For So she is claiming in the moment that this happened, her only chance of survival was to kill Michael Wisnant. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important because in my mind at first I was thinking, well, this is an abusive relationship. He was abusive towards her. You know, they they proved the cycle of abuse. That was the kind of the defense's main point. They're constantly proving that he was abusive. He had multiple encounters with law enforcement. Law enforcement was even like testifying that they were scared of him because of how aggressive that he was. 
But the issue was there was a lot of violence in the relationship, period, from both sides. Mm -hmm. So you had kids um, testifying in the actual. These kids. So you had one that was like 18 and then two that. I call them kids. They weren't necessarily kids. They were living in the house at the time. But one was 26 and one, I think, was 22 or 23. Okay. So, And at, at the time, this time was three, four years ago. 2019 is, is when all this Yeah, happened. so they were all a little bit younger. Um, but at the time that this happened, on that day, there was three kids in the house and then, of course, Michael and Karen. So the youngest son was actually in the room when this happened. His name was Alex. And then there was two other people that were in another bedroom of the home with mm-hmm. the door open. And this is all in arcade, we should this say. This is an arcade, yep. And it's a very small house. So keep in mind, you know, as far as sound traveling, that kind of thing, very small area. So as the story goes, based off the testimony that was given, that all kind of slightly varies, but kind of the general understanding was that there was a fight going on and the Michael guy was accusing Karen of cheating. So that was kind of the basis of this argument. And this argument had been going on for days and days and days. And he was accusing her of cheating with one of his best friends. So in that moment, they were supposed to be going to confront the best friend. And they were going to go and they were going to ask him, are you cheating? And Karen was going to go and Alex was going to go, which was the kid. So just. Uh, that sounds like a really bad plan, by the way. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I don't know if it'd be something that I'd be engaging no, in. No, I don't think so. But they decide that they're going to go and they get in the car and they're like, all right, let's all let's all go over to this guy's house. So Karen and Alex are now in the car and Michael are in Michael is inside the house and he has not left the house yet. So at some point, Karen decides I'm going to go in the house and I'm going to get Michael because he's not coming out. And this is the part where it gets, you know, really flaky. Stories diverge. mm -hmm, Yes. So she claims she goes in the house. They get into an altercation. She shoots him. You know, they're pushing each other, physically mm-hmm. shoving each other. That's when she shoots him. Because um, she says, I, I'm, I'm, he's pushing me, it's physical, and I'm protecting myself. She says he's coming at her with multiple weapons. Okay. So multiple guns. He has multiple guns in his hands. So she also claims that when she gets inside the house, her gun is inside the house. She grabs the gun off a heater pipe that was inside the house. And that's what she uses to kill him. Handgun? Handgun, right. yep. So Alex, her son, at some point comes back in the house, and he's in the house at the time of the shooting. And in his testimony, he says that she went inside with the gun. She had the gun in the car. From outside, had the gun in the vehicle and brought mm-hmm. it into the house. Yes. Which so- is a tremendous legal distinction. And you mm-hmm. and I were talking about this, Haley Bartlett, again, on this jury in this trial in Jackson County we're talking about. Because that speaks to what you folks, and we'll get to the verdict, and we're not trying to mm-hmm. build the story here. We'll get to the verdict. But it comes down to nobody questioned that she pulled the trigger, mm-hmm. right? No. The question was... Uh, what type of homicide are we discussing and, mm-hmm. and ultimately what you decided. So the question, you said diverging testimony there right away, the question of where was the gun? Mm-hmm. And you folks have to decide that as a jury uh, before you can come to any kind of conclusion and, and the various charges that were in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. So the the big issue with where she says the gun was, was it was on this heater pipe. But in this room inside this house, there was a lot of stuff on this heater pipe. And Mm. it was essentially as if you would be reaching through like a shelf to grab the gun off the heater pipe Mm. that was filled with a bunch of other things when it was photographed. They had all of this in evidence, of course. Mm. So that already was very, very shaky. And then, of course, you have the son's testimony who seems to be on his mom's side, who seems to be supporting his mom when he's on the witness stand. But was in, he a prosecution or defense witness? Um, he was he was a witness for the defense, but still mm-hmm. seemed to be supporting mm-hmm. his or supporting his mom. Mm-hmm. So he um, in his actual video audio of his interview on the scene, 
he says that the gun, she walked in with the gun. Mm. So big issue there. Um, there was other indiscrepancies. I, like it looked as if he was shot at an angle to where he would have had to be sitting down or kneeling, which you leads the question, you know, how, how is somebody attacking you? Yeah. yeah. How is somebody coming at you when you're shooting yeah. from an angle that you would have to be sitting down? Or- in the criminal justice system, all defendants are innocent until proven guilty, either by confession, plea bargain or trial by jury. This is one of those trials. Yeah, we were talking about one, uh, Jackson County, as it is. Uh, and by the way, I've never seen that show. It's not anti-show. I've never <laughs> seen it. I've never gotten around to it. I need to get it on my radar. Now, Haley Bartlett, a program director here, uh, sat through a trial last week as a member of the jury. Uh, Jackson County murder case, 2019, uh, a husband and a wife. The wife shooting and killing the husband. That's not in dispute. Uh at the end of all of this, and we'll fill in a lot of blanks as mm-hmm. we move forward here, but at the end of this, uh, what were you as a jury member asked to decide? Different brands, if you will, of murder, different murder statutes. What what was at work here? Yeah, so they she was charged with malice murder, felony murder, um, two counts of child abuse, and the child abuse counts come from whenever you, you know. The kids are in the room. Shoot the somebody house. with yeah. a kid in the room, right. that's child abuse, right. um, and aggravated assault. So you actually work through each charge one by one and Mm -hmm. determine, okay, you know, is she guilty of this charge and this charge? Now, of course, if she's guilty of felony murder, she's going to be guilty of aggravated assault and child abuse charges. But the difference, by the way, because this, frankly, it confuses me uh, because any murder is felony murder. if You want to be precise about it. But there is a difference in statute between malice murder and felony murder. I wouldn't have known it either. But now you're a veteran of this. What what Mm -hmm. just simplify for me the difference in the two statutes? So they give you all this paperwork and the definitions are very long because I was worried. I'm like, you know, (laughs) I'm not as well versed as I should be on this. Um, But the biggest difference is with malice murder. It's something that's just unprovoked and it literally says in the definition like done so with just a malice heart where you just want vengeance a degree of premeditation Mm -hmm. yes so it's it's something that you basically just in your mind in your mind when you commit this felony it's like i want to do this and i want this person to die i've been planning it for weeks or months or even just a matter of minutes can make the difference between malice and felony murder now felony murder is is what you folks ultimately came down i believe Mm -hmm. with your verdict uh it has to do with spur of the moment and impulse Mm -hmm. okay so and we'll get to the verdict in a moment but where we were when we left off before the break there all right uh the the shooting in the home small home there in arcade uh wisnant karen wisnant shooting michael wisnant who succumbs to his injuries, a single gunshot to the chest. Uh, at issue, at, at the moment anyway, is is the gun, the handgun that she used. Was it in the house? Did she bring it into the house? Uh, what did the various law enforcement folks have to say about that? So it was very clear from their testimonies. And I mean, we're talking with multiple GBI officers, the police that were on the scene, that they felt as if it was very odd that the gun was supposedly taken off the heater pipe. Um, They kind of, you know, showed us the pictures. They explained that that would be very difficult. And then, of course, you have the the fact that there is some discrepancy on whether or not Michael actually had any shotguns on him. So she claims that he was coming at her with shotguns and Mm -hmm. handguns. Now, handguns were found on him in his back pocket. And I think one was found in his boot. And that actually wasn't discovered until he was at the hospital later. Um, So he was armed. Yes, he was armed. But, But maybe, maybe not with a shotgun. So the shotgun issue was important because this family was always armed. 
this family just carried guns. I mean, the okay. kids were very comfortable saying, yeah. I mean, mom and dad always had guns. There's mm. guns on the guns on the kitchen table, guns in the bathroom, guns here, guns there. So you can't really look at it like, oh, he was armed. And that's, you know, an important note because he was always armed. She was always armed. Mm. So um, the issue with the shotguns was the shotguns were not found on the scene when the cops arrived. There was no shotguns anywhere. Just but the her claim is that he was he had one and threatening her with a gun. A shotgun. Yes, multiple shotguns. Mm. So the shotguns were all found in the bathroom, which was far from the actual Some scene distance of this away. incident. Okay. Yes, it was back in the master bathroom, which, you know, isn't close to where this happened in the house. So she has, it seems to me, uh, some, some credibility issues here. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure law enforcement and then prosecutors obviously trying to exploit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely. And the defense, I mean, had a good defense too. And it's they, they brought on a domestic violence individual who was very well-versed, um, considered like an expert, expert in domestic violence. Yeah. Yep. And he said that, you know, in other situations, maybe Michael Wisnant came at her with multiple shotguns. And so it was kind of like a PTSD. Mm, like, yeah, she, she just misremembered or confused the time frame. Yes, okay. yes. Um, so that's difficult, too, because as a juror, I mean, you're – you become emotionally invested in this case and you obviously take it very seriously because you're determining someone's life sure. and someone's life is on the line and you're taking all of these things into consideration. But going into jury deliberation, my mind was, I'm just like, okay, what is everyone else thinking? Because I'm kind of could see one way, could see the other way. But I think what's important is when you start deliberating, Mm -hmm. you start really hearing other people's perspectives and you have people in there that have all different backgrounds. I mean, we had people on our jury that were counselors that had that kind of understanding of child abuse, child neglect. So it was just interesting to kind of hear everyone's perspective altogether. What did you ultimately decide? We ultimately charged her with felony murder, the two, the one aggravated assault charge and mm-hmm. the child abuse charges. So felony murder, the lesser of, if you will, of the, the, murder, the murder, charges. murder charges. Malice murder would have indicated premeditation. Uh, felony murder, more of a spur of the moment matter. Mm-hmm. Has she been sentenced yet or is that pending? That's So that'll happen in April, the judge told us. Okay, and she could get, do you know what, what's out they there? They don't tell you the sentences oh, at all. Wow. I think it, from what I found online, because of course now I've like researched and looked into it, mm-hmm. I think it'll be close to like 30 years. Okay. Okay, and and in state prison, which is where she would go, that could be a much shorter period of time. We always make this distinction. Uh, you get sentenced in federal court at twenty years. You got to serve twenty years. It mm-hmm. can be a whole lot less yeah. in state court. Uh, the testimony, and I did. I'm guessing that you would have seen as a member of the jury some pretty graphic pictures mm-hmm. and a you know, murder victim and such. And and uh, again, you're 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 young and then. Never done anything like this. Uh, what was emotionally? I don't want to get all up in your feelings, but what was that, <laughs> what was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I expected going in because it all happened so quick. Like, I mean, it's a long process of getting questioned to be picked on the jury, but I kind of kept thinking to myself, like, I'm not going to get picked. And at the time that we were being questioned, we knew it was a murder trial. They kind of give you an overall background, and mm-hmm. then they start asking you questions about yourself. So at that point, I'm like, there's no way I'm getting picked because there's still like 40 people in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I get picked, I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Like, I've never been through anything like this before. You see stuff that you see in movies, but obviously it's not always the same. So emotionally, I think it was just hard, again, knowing that you, the decision that you make along with other people is going to either – you know, put someone back, 
you know, into their normal mm-hmm. life and or it's going to put someone in jail for maybe the rest of their lives, sure. especially in a case this, like this. This was never a capital case. It was never a death penalty no. trial. But it, it was, as you say, could have put this woman in way and will evidently mm-hmm. for decades. So as you as you sit through the testimony and you listen to everything, both sides, and it sounds as though I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm listening to what you've said. And my conclusion is this was no slam dunk. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, OK, she pulled the trigger. That was never a question. But, mm-hmm. but at issue is, is to what degree her culpability might lie. Uh, was there one thing, if I'm if I'm one of these lawyers just listening and I'm like, okay, Haley, what was the one thing that swung, the, swung it for you? What moved the needle? What would it be? I think, I mean, I don't want to say, okay, there's two things. But okay, well, no, there, there are. Go ahead. I think two things. First being the inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to, I don't, I haven't mentioned this yet, but going back to, you know, the fact that she says they were shoving each other. She says they were in a physical altercation and she fired the gun. Um, a big, a big factor was the distance that she would have had to be away from him to fire the gun. So they looked at this based on forensic testimony. Yeah. So I think it's called like the stippling of the bullet. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not gunshot powder. It has another name, but essentially they did. The GBI officer showed us a bunch of different testing that was done that proves that she would have had to be five, six feet away from Michael when she shot him. Otherwise, his body, the residue, whatever, would have been different. So there's a physical piece of evidence that that was one thing. You mentioned another. What what was that? Yeah, and this one, a little bit vaguer, but, you know, in this type of trial where it's self-defense, it's very emotional because you're trying to factor out the fact that the person that was killed was very abusive. Um, But one thing that kind of was difficult for me, at least to fall into this victim mentality for her, was the fact that she was also very abusive. And there was multiple, you know, testimonies of that on both sides, whether it be her own children or whether it be his kids. So it was just it was tough for me to really like see her as a true victim when you can tell that the abuse was there on both. How many women on the jury? Um, I, I know the jury was more than half women, hmm. which was interesting. That is I counted fascinating that to me mm-hmm. that you would have an abusive relationship, a woman abused and a jury, more than 50% of women you included mm-hmm. would come back with the verdict that you did. That is fascinating to me. And I'm sure fascinating to criminal defense lawyers who might be hearing this. This is, it's been a, a, a we, we had this conversation, as I said, a lot of it in Haley's office the other day. I said, wait a minute, time out. No, let's, let's not talk anymore. Let's do this on the air. And then <laughs> she comes in and joins us this morning, uh, jury selection and and the whole voir dire process, and then, what, three days of, of testimony, then a full mm-hmm. day of deliberations. Fascinating stuff. Good stuff. We'll get this up on the podcast ASAP. Haley Bartoletta, uh, back to work with us this week, though. Thanks for coming in this morning. Thanks, Tim. It's been fun. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records.